welcome to the Facing Your Fears podcast, where we talk about facing the fears we encounter in education as teachers, students, administrators, and parents while finding our inner confidence to thrive. I'm your host, Amanda Alford, and today we will be discussing facing your fears of failure from a coach's perspective uh, with my guest, Adam Petrakowski. Adam, thank you so much. Uh, for coming. I think that's the first time I've ever called you Adam. Like I always just call you Petro. It's really weird. I'm not going to lie. It is weird. It is weird. So if you want to go ahead, tell us a little bit about yourself. My name is Adam Petrakowski. I've been a coach and a teacher for over 10 years now. I've taught in two school corporations at Madison and here at Switzerland County. Um, I've been a track coach where I've had what I feel like is pretty good run of success. And I've been a football coach where I've been on the other side of that. So, um, you know, I've been at some programs, a startup program here in Switzerland County where we built from, nothing. hey, zero <laughs> wins. That was pretty good. And uh, I've been at a program that has recently been featured in the New York Times as a failed football program before that. So um, I've got a little bit of both going on with me there. Um, I'm married. I have three kids, all boys. And... Uh, Things are going pretty well. Yes. You're starting your own football team. Yeah, well, we, we had our own football team, you know, yeah. going, but uh, I don't know that all the guys are going to play. Brenna likes soccer. Well, you know, <laughs> European football. So, baby boy Emmett, week old, week old yesterday. Yeah, yeah week old yesterday. He's eight days old now, so he's, it's basically time to start job searching. Yes, right he's a man now. Yeah. He's yeah. a true man. It's, it's time to get things done. So, as I said today, we are discussing facing the fears of failure from a varsity coach's perspective. And the great thing is, is like you said, you've coached both ends of the spectrum. You've had successes um, and track. You've done a startup football program here where we started from scratch. You know, we, we went from zero wins, and this year we were winning. Yeah, I mean, we, yeah. we had a good... We were 500 this year by the end of the year, and we're, we're at one point we were two games over 500, and it felt nice. And it is, considering we still are considered a startup program. I mean, in most yeah. people's eyes, this has been going on, what, five, six years? Yeah, I believe this was our fifth year total. So, so, I mean, that's pretty good. So what would you say are some common fears varsity coaches face particularly with failure? Well, I'd say the most common fear you have as far as failure is the the obvious, the wins and the losses, right? Like if you're a coach, it's just out there. You know, if you're a teacher and you have a bad day in the classroom, I mean, no one sees it. It's, it just happens and you go on and you might feel bad at home, but no one's there watching. Nobody's writing about it in the papers. Absolutely. (laughs) But in, in sports, you know, if you have that off day or you lose your cool as a coach or the kids just don't do what they're supposed to do, no matter how hard you try, um, it's just public. Like everything about sports is public and people care about sports more than they do almost anything else, it seems. And so the fear of failure is just that fear of, well, everybody's judging me based on this, whether it's fair or not. I think that's the most common one. Uh, Myself, my biggest fear is normally uh, the idea that I might not have it anymore. Like I might not be doing the little things that I need to do. Um, I'm at a spot in my life where I kind of, I know that I'm, I can do my job and I know I do my job as well as I can. Um, but if things don't go well, the self-doubt will creep in. And then that's the most dangerous thing a, a, a coach can have is the idea that you don't believe in what you're doing. And if you don't believe in what you're doing, those kids can absolutely see right through that. And so you have to know that what you're doing is right, whether the end results, the wins, the losses are there or not. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And being your feeder program, 
pretty much, because yeah. I'm the middle school track coach. Um, I see that because that's a fear I have is, am I preparing, especially my eighth graders, to be able to go to the next level, which is handing them off to you, because it's a completely different spectrum. I mean, it's a whole different arena of what they're being prepared for. There's more events that yeah. you do that we don't. And so, yeah, definitely that. And like you said, the wins and losses. It doesn't matter how hard they try. It's the end result. Yeah. And that's why you see coaches on ESPN and in the newspapers and on television. They're losing their jobs, not because they don't have it, not because of the effort. It's all about the W's. That's right. It all comes down to the bottom line, unfortunately. So being a football coach and a track coach, what are some fears that you personally have faced and come across in your 10 years? Well, I mean, I have the weirdest fear of all, probably. Um, public speaking is just awful for me. And yet here we are. <laughs> yeah, and I do it every day for a living now. And literally, when I was in high school, I was I had a speech class, and I stuttered stutter and yep. shook and sweated. And it was like anyone in that class was definitely not going on a date with me afterwards. And then, like, I, I went to college, and I took speech, and it was only, like, slightly better, and that may have been with liquid courage. Like, it was just generally not good. And then the first time I, I blew my knee out playing college football, and I became a track volunteer because I needed something to do. So I was going to be a volunteer coach. And they introduced me, and I'm standing in front of 60 kids in the track team. And they're like, and here's Coach Petro. Let's let him talk for a second. And I was like, oh, no, that just happened. Oh, crap. Yeah. And then, but I started talking. And, like, first time in my life ever, I just, it just felt, it was fine. Like, I was just able to suddenly talk to them. Like, coaching came naturally to me. And I thought, if I can coach naturally, I can probably teach. And so facing my fear coaching-wise is how I ended up in the career I have because I would have never in a million years dreamt that I could teach because I would have never thought I could stand in front of kids and talk. Um, so just kind of getting pushed out there by my, my first head coach I worked for really was the best way I ever faced that weird fear. Um, as far as facing the, the fear of failure, as far as wins and losses, you, you just got to. You can't take the job if you're not willing to because mm -hmm. you know going in, you're either going to win or you're going to lose. And I generally don't take it personally. If parents want to talk to me afterwards and judge, I just kind of sit there and think, okay, that's fine. But you don't get to make the call. I do. And, you know, I just have, like, enough self-awareness to, to realize that they're just as emotional about things as I am. Uh, that's their kid who's obviously the best one they can think of for the job. And so you have to just kind of come into it with the idea that you're doing what is best. And if you believe you're doing what's best, it's really easy to stand by that. And I like that because you were saying you can't take it personally. Yeah. And that's probably one of the hardest things. Like when I come home from a meet, I don't even have to call my husband. Like he can tell by the tone of my voice. He can tell when I walk in the house just my entire demeanor, because as a coach, you do take it personally. I mean, you're sitting there, you're second guessing yourself, yeah. you know, should I have made this call? Should I put this kid in? You know, I know in track, we can't call timeouts, but when I coached volleyball, it was, maybe I should have called a timeout then. And it's kind of the same with football. Every play, every event runs through your mind. Yeah. What should I have done differently? And it's that self-doubt, like you said, and... It's the same with teaching. You know, we kind of have the same teaching style. Yeah, a little 
a little more loose, I guess. A little, little bit more loose, a <laughs> little bit more entertaining, a uh, little bit more just laid back and, you know, f- some fun. And it's kind of like with coaching. 23 out of 24 of my kids can love me and love what I'm doing. And if there's that one kid who doesn't, who's not buying it, self-doubt just creeps in. Yeah. And it's the same with coaching. You know, I'm, I'm giving it everything I can. And if there's just that one kid who's not buying it, self-doubt starts to creep in. And you're thinking, is that, you know, the catalyst of why this isn't going right? Or what do I need to do differently? Or how do I need to build that relationship all of a sudden? The other thing, like you said, it's, it's not so much for me because in middle school, it really doesn't get publicized. Like we don't make the paper. We do yeah. here in Vivi, but in, you know, we're big not, time, yeah. in, in the big time, you know, you go on to the, the websites, um, Athletic Net and things like that. We're, middle school is really not a hot topic, but varsity <laughs> is. Yeah. Varsity, everything. So, I mean, you're constantly in the spotlight. You're constantly being judged, whether you want to be or not. And, you know, like you said, can you personally take it? Yeah. I think is one of the hardest things. You know, and, and your, your athletes or your students make a big difference in that. It's, it's, I found as I've gotten older and I've grown more and more confident, um, you know, I, like I said, I've had a little bit of success in track as I've gone. And so I feel like there's a system that I want to use and that it's going to work this way. And I, and it never fails, no matter how long you've done it or how well you think you've done it. Someone, kids will come up or some parents will come up and be like, what about this? And you, you have to listen because as soon as you stop listening, you're going to miss a good idea that's going to help you. So you have to listen. But there's also a part of you that goes, what do I have to do before you'll trust me? Like, mm-hmm. at what point are you guys just going to believe me that this is the best way to do it? Because, you know, we've broken every record since I've been here. We've done all these things that show that this way is the best way compared to what you did before. And yet you still don't want to do it. And, and I don't know if it's self-doubt. It's almost like sometimes I'm on the verge of just being like frustrated beyond belief with, you know, just, just trust me. Or the, it's, I guess it's kind of a, almost a fear that it won't matter what you do. At no point ever will people just like ever buy in all the way, you know. And so that's always something you got to worry about and, and deal with. But And I think that's what you're talking about, like, why don't you try it this way? A lot of parents, especially in our community, it's a very small community. So most of our students, their parents are in the sport that they are because the the children are wanting to do what their parents did. And it's, well, back in 97, we did it this way. And you just want to look at them and be like, a lot has changed in 22 years. (laughs) It's not 97 anymore. But like you said, you have to nod, you have to listen. Yeah. It's good to repeat the words they say so you know that you're listening. So what advice can you share to other coaches who may be, you know, thinking about jumping to varsity? You know, like as a middle school coach, I don't feel I have as much pressure, but I know that if I went to varsity, that's a whole other level. I mean, like making that jump or coaches who may be sitting in the rut going, I have no idea what I'm doing. Like parents are constantly on me, you know, it's all negative in the newspaper. So what advice can you give for those coaches listening? Well, uh, when I first started out, the thing that I did that helped me the most, and so I guess this would be my advice, is I took every opportunity I could to learn. Um, So I was a college student with a bum knee, so I had some time on my hands, right? I'd get out of class and I could go to practice and I could volunteer. I, you know, I had to work in college to get through college, but I would literally go over to the high school and open up the weight room at 5 a.m., do a morning lift with the guys, 
and then I'd come back to school and I'd work in the cafeteria and then I'd go to my classes and then after school I'd go back and I'd do practice and you know you just have that you just have different energy levels when you're young and so <laughs> I went and did football clinics all over the place like I tagged on with anybody who knew what they were doing and you can tell like you can tell the guys and as soon as I saw one of those guys like I hung out um, at Bishop Delahan football camps which was run by you know a guy who's won multiple state titles in football and for track I went to every clinic I could if I saw in the newspaper that there was going to be an Olympian appearing in Ohio I'd just drive four hours and I'd go to watch that Olympian work out I didn't even, like, it wasn't even a thing. It was just, like, I'm going to go watch what they do. And then, you know, you have to be brave enough to, to walk over and talk and ask questions. And, you know, you have to absorb as much as you possibly can because when you come back to it and when the fire starts, if you feel like you're prepared, everything's easier. You mm-hmm. feel like you have a plan. You feel like you know what you're going to do. I mean, and this still happens to me now. I'm, like, 15 years into coaching track. And the other day I went out there and I tried to wing it because, you know, the baby and everything else. And I just, I didn't have a good plan. I was just going to wing it. And I know the kids saw through it. They're like, oh, Petro, I don't want to be here today. And if the coach don't want to be there, they don't want to be there. No. So you've got to, you got to make sure you have your stuff together and, and that you're as well prepared as, as you possibly can be. So you feel like you're ready for success. And one thing I see you do out on the track, because obviously we're practicing at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. There's only one track. <laughs> one track. It's got the same holes in it. That's right. Um, and and I try to follow that is always telling them good job, always praising them, always being like, you know what? That didn't work out as well, but here's how we can improve. Always trying to have the growth mindset of that's okay. Let's work on it. Let's set goals, praising them. Because I know not all sports you can do that. I mean, I've coached other sports as well, and you can't do that in football. You can't always be praising them. Like, you got to have a different attitude. Like, yeah. I know because, you know, I do the football games as well. There's a football mentality, and there's a basketball mentality. But you can't, and as much as I love IU, you can't Bobby Knight it every single practice of every single game because they'll get discouraged and then they'll quit. Like, you don't want that type of reputation. Like, you want the growth mindset. Yeah, yeah, and I, I actually found I started reflecting during football. I I had to take one year off of football, and I kind of spent that year reflecting on things I've done well and things I haven't. And I thought there's no reason because in track my my directive to my assistant coaches as well as myself all the time is we are relentlessly positive. If you're awful and you run a 20 second 100 meter dash, and today you ran a 19.5, which is still last everywhere, right? we are going to be so happy that you improved. Like We're just going to focus on the half a second getting better and not the overall time. Like We are relentlessly positive, and I try to drill it into the coaches, and I do it myself, and I thought I can bring some of that to football. Now, it's like you said, there is a different mentality. There's got to be an evil Petro, too. Yeah. but <laughs> I've seen evil Petro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it happens. It, we won't pretend like it doesn't, but, you know, the relentless positivity, I, I tried to bring it to football more this year. I tried to stay upbeat. I tried to really, when they had a good play, even if it had been three bad plays in a row, the one good play, I was like, yes. And then we would emphasize all the little things we did right, hoping that that would drill that in. Because as much as it is to tell someone you did this bad over and over, you can get the same effect by telling them what they did well and trying to get them to repeat what they did well, as opposed to just always saying what you did bad and having negative reinforcement all the yeah. time. 
And apparently that worked because they had the best season they've ever had. Granted, it's five years, but I mean, they they had a really great record compared. I mean, we're still improving. Yeah, I mean, we, we improved and hopefully we'll keep that going. And, and like I said, it's, it's just finding that happy balance. And Well, and, and, and the same in the classroom. I try that as well. And it's because some of these kids, some of our students and athletes, that's all they hear is yelling. Yeah. Like they never hear positive praise. And so just to give them that little bit, and you do see an improvement when you're like, wow, they keep telling me good job. I think I'm doing awful, but I'm going to keep doing it because they keep helping me want to do better. It helps you pull kids along sometimes. It does. Well, thank you, Petra, for joining me today. Uh, Thank you for listening to Facing Your Fears podcast with myself, Amanda Alford. If you like my show and want to know more, follow me on Twitter at Alford underscore science and leave me a review. Join me next week. Uh, When I talk with Katie Collier, Katie is a parent, and she's going to be talking about facing the fear of failure from a a parent's perspective and what it's like to let your kids fail while you stand off to the side. So thank you and join me again next week.